Hey there, listeners. Before we dive into the latest episode of Head Coach U, we wanted to say a big thanks to this week's sponsor, War Room. At War Room, they understand how difficult it is to keep track of rosters from recruiting to graduation, depth charts, communication, and even the transfer portal. Their tools are there to help you keep a clean and concise roster. War Room helps programs by creating custom tools for your team's needs, from Little League all the way up to every single Power 5 conference. Reach out now at www.collegewarroom.com, all one word, and let them help you on your channel championship run Broncos use college war room every step of the way. And now you can too. Now, with all that being said, let's dive into a great conversation on this week's episode. Hello and welcome back into another edition of Head Coach U. I am Brian Fisher, joined as always by former BYU and Virginia head coach Bronco Mendenhall and another special guest this week, Jeff uh, Jeff Munkett, the head coach at the U.S. Military Academy in West Point. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. I'm proud to be here. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Absolutely. Well, in the middle of your, your ninth season, they're leading Army, uh, fresh off a comeback victory uh, over Louisiana Monroe last week. And uh, you're, you're set to prepare and, and play Air Force a special weekend, I'm sure, around the academy there. Uh, w- what is it like uh, being the head coach at Army when, when it's, you're, you're playing one of your fellow service academies and, and, and you're leading up into that game? These games, it, and it doesn't matter which, which academy we're facing, they, they are just intense um, it, it, focused weeks of preparation, uh, and, and, it, and it begins long, long before this game comes around. We we study the other academies as as intently as we do anybody on our on our our schedule. And the, there's a commander in chief's trophy that's played for amongst these academies, and it's. It's a tremendous honor. I think it's I think it's the greatest trophy in sports, and it's only a three team round robin. But you get to go to the White House to accept the trophy, and it, it's just really incredible. So, both of these teams here uh, a week from Saturday are going to be fighting like crazy to win that trophy, and our guys will be too. But um, they're 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 always intense battles. I mean, bloodbaths, guys going at it. Uh, from snap to whistle, from from the the opening kickoff to the final gun, and last year's went into overtime. Uh, we were fortunate and 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 just thrilled to win. Um, so we're we're preparing for a game just like that again. I know it'll be a hard fought battle. They got a good football team, and and uh, and our guys are going to be be fighting like crazy to to try to hang on to this trophy we got. So when you became the coach at Army. Is it clearly stated expectation wise that um, the priority in terms of if you say outcome, right, Um, because there's all the the, the great things about developing young men and leaders and the cool kids that you get to work with. But is where the expectations made known that the commander in chiefs is priority number one and everything else falls out or after that? Or is that something that that you kind of emphasize as you go? How how is how does that work? I think that. The pride of having that trophy is something that's ingrained into each one of the programs. There's there's probably not a more important tangible goal that any of us have than to win the Commander in Chief's trophy. And and I can't speak for the other I can't speak for the other coaches and programs. It's certainly the case here. And yeah. when I got here, uh, the Army had been on a, a embarrassingly long losing streak to our biggest rival, Navy, twelve years, and. After becoming the head coach here in 2014, we lost two more years in a row. So we lost 14 in a row and finally got it turned and beat them three years in a row. And, and it's kind of been back and forth the last couple of years. And and it, it was a personal responsibility that I felt, Bronco, to to turn to turn the tide in this rivalry with with Navy. But the commander in chief's trophy was was just another another piece to that. Just just beating our biggest rivalry was kind of at the forefront. And then when we did, then it became, okay, let's let's win both of these games and 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 reclaim that trophy. And so we were able to do that. And is it, it was a huge step for our program and and it continues to be a great source of pride for our team and and for this academy. So it it even though we retained it. We went one and one in the series last year, as did everybody. We kept that yeah. 
whoever has it gets to hang on to it. But it's really uh, we're just storing it here. We, we're storing it and, and uh, keeping the dust off of it. We want to win it outright. So this is the first step to that. It's an amazing um, balance when when outcome can determine identity for a program. And and that's the world that you and I have lived in for so long. Mm. And it's also uh, a unique test because the culture precedes the performance. And so you're, you're building this amazing inside out and you sure hope that it is reflected in a tangible outcome. And sometimes, like you're mentioning, that 14 year stretch, you can feel the momentum and yet you don't have the trophy. And yeah. so sometimes you're the only one or your program is the only one that knows there's progress being made. And it's, I don't know, it's rewarding to have a symbol uh, and it's gratifying. And uh, the happiest moments that I felt is when the players had a tangible result for the progress we all knew that was happening. Sometimes they need that. When, when I got here in 2014, we won four games uh, and certainly wish we could have won some more games and beaten our rivals and gone to a bowl game. But we weren't we weren't ready. We just weren't we weren't there as a program yet. The next year we went two and ten. Yeah. We were so much better in year two yeah. and we won two games and, yeah. and from outside looking in, people are thinking, gosh, they're getting worse, but I yeah. knew we were getting better. And then in year three, we beat Navy. Mm-hmm. We didn't beat Air Force, we beat Navy. And then in year four, we beat them both and won the Commander Chiefs trophy. And, and that, that tangible evidence that, mm-hmm. that progress was getting, being made came in the form of that trophy. But yeah. As you said, we knew progress was being made long before that. And it was those building blocks and what needs to be done when when somebody builds a huge building. These skyscrapers in New York City, which just a short ways from here, if you can catch those projects on the on the on the opening days and opening weeks and opening months of that project, all there is is a huge hole. There was yeah. a perfect piece of ground there yeah. and they dig this enormous hole and there's nothing there but a hole. Yeah. They got to fill that hole up with all kinds of stuff to build this incredible foundation for this hundred story building. And and at the end, you see this beautiful hundred story building. But what's underneath that, the, the foundation, the building blocks is is what really matters. And, and right. so we needed to go through those hard times that we needed to see that improvement before we, we, we had the tangible evidence, but it's sure nice to get the tangible evidence because our, our, our players, they need that for, for, for affirmation. They need that for confidence and, and we need all the other people surrounding the program to, to buy in and believe as well. And they, they do that a lot easier when, when there's something they can see. They do. I, I think grownups and leaders need the tangible evidence as well. Uh, it, the, the, the morale boost. Right. And just a, um, a benchmark that has been marked off that everyone can see, including the head coach. Right. There there are those moments that you're certainly happy for yourself. Uh, but to see those that you work with every day, just elated. Um, those are times in the locker room where there's, you know, after the the celebration, I would just kind of drift off to the corner and sometimes just sit down and just watch. And the other thing, too, Jeff, is, is going back to that whole man, uh, maintaining the trust of your players and your organization while you're building or coming out of the hole. Right. And and so they're listening to you and not the external noises, because, again, four and eight to two and ten doesn't seem like progress. But inside, I'm sure you knew, as you mentioned, but I bet they knew as well. And if, if they're trusting the messaging internally um, and, and are captivated by the leadership they're getting, um, the resolve is strengthened, I think. And, and a lot of times from the outside, they're getting the opposite message. It, it, it is true. And as leaders, we got to be authentic, mm-hmm. transparent and consistent with our message, whatever that is. And, and we're all different as leaders, but if, if our team and the people that are counting on us for that leadership are getting those things from them, then we can, we can persevere through the hard times that we, that we have to go through to, to get to, to the goal and to get to the, to the things that give us that tangible evidence. But we did our, our, our guys, were completely bought in. And that that's why at two and 10, we were, we were a better football team. And 
you know, we lost 10 games. Seven of those games were by a touchdown or less. So we were oh. getting really close. And and we were playing 20-plus freshmen every week. So it was a young football team. They were just excited to play. And and it, it's hard when you, when you lose week after week and you're losing by three or four or five or six – and, and they can see that you're right there on the cusp. But that that's what got us over the hump the next year. They knew we were just that close. And and uh, as leaders, we can't uh, we can't change our message and we can't change what we believe in because we're not getting the tangible evidence. And, and we've got to build those relationships and build the trust with our team and, and, and doing that, just being consistent and transparent with those guys allows them to be able to, to just be who they are. They know who you're going to be every day for them. And, uh, and so now we've got a program that I think is, is, is built for sustained success. And we didn't do that by putting a good team together. We, we, we did that by building a good program. I love the idea too of, of, I heard a phrase recently and I read it about being a student of the struggle and and for I, I i went through two and ten at virginia as well and it and it was transformative for my life and so just as i'm hearing even with all the success you've had at army um we're talking about two and ten i talk about virginia similarly we were two and ten to the orange bowl in four years and quite frankly the most transformative moments were two and ten and and the depth of learnings were i would say uh, more profound struggling than succeeding. And it's amazing how that works. You know, uh, they, 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 they make the strongest steel in the hottest fires. And sometimes you got to go through those hard times and you don't want to. And every time they come, you resist. Uh, Yes. And and we teach our players, we tell our players, you know, embrace those opportunities when adversity comes, because those are opportunities to persevere and turn the tide and the and the pride and the satisfaction that comes from getting through those times is is something special. And it it forges a strength in you that that sometimes easy success can't. But even as leaders, when we're going through it, it's 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 hard. It's it's a kick. Yeah, it tests your will. There's a great book, the title, just when you said forged, it's called Forged in Crisis. And my wife and I, we have this little saying um, that we smile at adversity because we've learned in our marriage, the most fierce adversity, like right on the other side of that, every time has been our most beautiful successes. And so like when when something, what we perceive as awful or hard comes, we, we've we learned, we, we, we look at each other and we, we say smile at the adversity because of the forging and the galvanizing of a relationship and a, and a, a person, a person, a persona that's coming that couldn't happen without that. Um, so I'm really intrigued. So tell me about the kids that come to West Point and, and what does that selection and assessment process, who can come and like what process do they go through and, and how do you choose? Because I, I believe the people are everything. And, and I've just, when I watch army Navy, when I watch the academies play, uh, there's a purity that um, I just I love those games. They're my favorite games of the college year, and so I'm just I'm I'm interested. Who who are these kids, and and where do they come from, and what are they like? This is one of the most diverse campuses in the country, and it's one of the things I really love about West Point. We've got we've got students from every walk of life. We've got students from from every background. Um, and demographic from every corner of this 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 nation and f- fifty allied countries. We've got we've got people from everywhere, um, and they all have a different story. Uh, and, and there's different ways for them to 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 come to West Point, which allows us to be very diverse. Uh, we've got several students on our campus who are, who are prior enlisted soldiers. So they, they enlist uh, maybe out of high school or, or even go to college for a couple years and decide, you know, this isn't for me, I'm gonna go into the army. And, and we've got folks out there in the army that recognize these, these excellent individuals and offer them opportunities to come to West Point. So 
along with students who are coming from high schools, uh, some will have transferred from other colleges. Some will go to other colleges and they say, you know, I just got this calling to serve. Uh, I looked at West Point in high school and I decided not to do it. And I just I just always felt this draw and I'm going to go do it. I'm going to pursue it. Uh, and we've got our our players and all the other athletes on campus who are introduced to West Point often in different ways than our traditional cadets. Uh, a lot of our cadets are are either interested in the military, interested in West Point, uh, very high achieving students. Uh, and, and so their their choices are Harvard, Yale, Stanford, MIT, West Point. <laughs> and they end up at West Point or uh, because West Point, there, there is no cost in terms of, of monetary cost. Some some end up here because they they want a, a world class degree, but they frankly can't afford to go to Harvard. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got a lot of our athletes had never heard of West Point or never considered West Point and didn't think West Point was a place that just anybody could go to school. That was for people that only dreamt of always going in the military. And quite the contrary. There's a lot of students that in particular athletes that come here. Their first introduction is West Point is, is by a coach mm-hmm. and they explore and they discover what an incredible school it is that we're, we're the world's best leadership institution and they can play big time sports here. So there's an appeal and they come here and 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 like every other school, it's just a right fit. It, it, it fits their personality. It fits their goals and what they want. And, and that's how we build our team. It's it's not we don't find a recruiting pool of, of college football players that can play football at this level that have always dreamed of going in the military. There's really not enough of those guys to go around. It's it's introducing these young men who who have the academic credentials, are leaders in their schools and communities and are talented football players. We introduce them to West Point. And, and then we recruit them like everybody else and get them interested. And, and, and so that's, that's who we've got. And we, we end up with just a remarkable group of young men. Uh, they care deeply for each other and, and they, they are, they're, they're determined individual people who come together and form a team. And as a result, we've got a, a very determined football team that plays well together and very unselfish and man, they're fun to coach. You, you use the word that um, I, I would say this setting and this conversation and this institution might be one of the only places that I'll hear that um, in my faith. I hear that frequently when a young man is called to serve a mission. Uh, and so he'll send his papers in and I have two boys out now and they get their paperwork back and they could be called anywhere. They, they don't yes. get a say. Right. And and they're willing to go. You um, you mentioned the word uh, serving. And if you were to say in the world of college athletics today, um, in a conversation that I might have with 130 or, or I'll take out the academies, maybe 127, 120, the, the 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 ideology that a young person is going to serve playing college football, uh, I don't think we'll hear that. I think what we would hear is, um, what will I get? Um, What am I entitled to? Um, Possibly what will my NIL look like? Um, What services will be provided? Like kind of the, what will I get? And and most of the time that the servant leader, right? The contribution based partner are the best ones to be with where they're looking to contribute. They're looking to give, right? They're looking to um, uh, qualify for rather than the opposite. And so I, I love the framework for, as you mentioned, one of the, the very best leadership programs on planet Earth, which I think college football could be, right? If it was intentionally sought after, yep. I think it could be more of that. And so what what does it take um, uh, specifically? I don't know, the, these kids uh, in terms of GPA or test score or like, so let, let's say you introduce one of these amazing young men to your program, um, what qualifications or are there exact metrics they have to meet or how does that part work? There's a range. And and it dep- so a lot of our students go through our our preparatory school. We've got the United States oh. Military Academy at West Point. We've got the United States Military Academy prep school. Hmm. And the prep school is designed for 
for excellent leaders who have a desire to to come to West Point, to to become leaders of character, to serve our nation, but may not have the academic credentials to come straight from their high school right into the academy and go into this competitive cauldron, which is West Point and the and the classroom uh, and and the the academic setting where they're taking 22 hours a semester and it's, it's literally rocket science (laughs) chemistry and and it's hard. And they're playing football on the weekends and play football on top of that and, and, and have, and their military obligations along with that. And um, so it's a lot, it it is, it's a challenge on each one of these young men and women here. We get valedictorians of, of high school classes here and, and, and they struggle with yeah. the demands. So is the prep come, school uh, two years? How, how long is the prep year. school? Prep school one is year. one year. Yep. I see. So they, they approximately 10 months. Um, and, and those are students who, uh, be average, uh, thousand or higher, uh, SAT, yeah. um, and, and, and they can be competitive mm-hmm. and we feel like we can build on that. And they really take um, what would be like a, 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 a an accelerated senior year or uh, a freshman year at at, uh, at, a, at a traditional college where it's math, English, yeah. sciences, and then some some help on how do we manage all of these things that I'm doing so that when they get to West Point and they get into this this environment that they can they can they can survive and they can they can succeed. Uh, coming from high school straight into the academy, I mean we're, we're going to have a mean SAT score of around 1300 here, uh, 3.8, 3.9, 4.0, pretty common. And, and so it's, it's very competitive, but the, the thing that the prep, prep school does, not only for folks who are outstanding and, and, and potentially transformational leaders, yes. um, that doesn't mean they're valedictorian in their high school class. You don't have to be a, a 4.0 student to be an amazing leader, but we take those leadership skills and then we help them with, with what they need to be prepared for West Point. And it's also a way for those, those men and women who are in the army that went into the army enlisted. They love the army. They want to serve. They've got leadership qualities that are above and beyond their peers. And that gives them a, a, an opportunity, which, which all of those things combined really give us a chance to have a very diverse population here in our campus. And, you know, Bronco talking about servant leadership and that I, I could talk to you for hours about servant leadership. And, and that's how, why we're on the show together. That, that's that's well, how all this came together. <laughs> I, our, our players. So Tucker wall, who's on our staff here, he's been here for, I think 19 of the last 21 years. He's, he's got more experience here than anybody. He's, he's got this thing that, that he said, uh, and, and I've repeated it many times. He says, our guys are just like everybody else's guys. They're just more polite. And, <laughs> and he's right. Because when we get them, the world has an 18-year head start on us. And what they've been told in society is you should look out for yourself. You should maximize what you can get individually, which leads to the entitlement, which leads to the what's in it for me, that leads to selfishness. And so we, we don't get a perfect product here. Our, our guys come from every walk of life. And we have people that come here that, yes, they have this spirit inside of them that says, you know what, I, I, I want to serve. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. But we still have guys that struggle with that. Oh, yeah. and, and so they're taught that here. And, and everything about this institution, which is what, it's what I love about West Point and why I think our football program and my philosophy aligns so well with West Point. It's all about servant leadership. It's all about putting the team first. It doesn't mean you're not important. It just means you think about the team first and how 
you as an individual can contribute to that team and the team's success. So I think in our sport, I think young men play our sport because they want to be a part of a team. They enjoy accomplishing things with other people and with groups of people. If, if they didn't, they would pursue a, a more individual sport. Uh, and there are uh, individual sports that our guys could go and win a, a national championship. They could go run track or, or you know, run the 100-meter dash or throw the hammer or play golf or tennis. You, you, you can go win a national championship by yourself. You don't have to rely on anybody else. You don't have to be accountable to anybody else. That, that's not why our guys play this sport. They like they like to please other people. They like the 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 uh, they like for their peers to recognize that they're making a contribution. And so I think that our players in this sport are built to serve others. Yeah. And so my philosophy here at West Point isn't any different than when I was the head coach at at Georgia Southern. And this entire environment, this academy, just. Uh, it, it, it embraces that philosophy of servant leadership, but we coached our guys the same way at Georgia Southern. We are servants to this team. We're servants to each other and we're going to have the most success if we'll embrace our role. It doesn't mean our role won't change. It doesn't mean we can't desire to have a bigger role or contribute in a different way, but nobody else can do our job for us when we're in there at that moment in practice or in a game, nobody else at that moment can do that job. And we know we owe it to everybody else to do that job the best we can. And if you want to win and you want to have success, help everybody else around you win a championship. And if you'll do that, you don't have to worry about yourself because everybody else is going to be fighting for you. And, And that philosophy is really at the heart of who we are as a football program, but that's at the heart of who we are as an institution and as a branch of service in the United States Army. It's what I love about representing our men and women, the almost 1 million men and women that serve on active duty in the United States Army. We wear their colors, we wear their uniform, and and they are committed to, to selfless service, and so we should be too. And 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 so I, I love that about our program. and. And that we can really stress those things. And that, and then when those guys go down to their classrooms, they go to their company areas, those same things are being stressed to them while they're here. And I think we can transform these guys from what society has sent us to what we're going to put out there and, 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 and put into leadership positions in sometimes the most difficult of circumstances and, and, and lead men and women, sons and daughters of Americans to defend our freedoms and to bring them home safe. Yeah. And that's the part that there's so much of that. Um, uh, I found the most fulfillment as a leader working intentionally at places where the values aligned with mine. And so I was so lucky to work at Brigham Young University, which um, is a private institution that that represents my faith. And there's an extra burden um, and opportunity that comes with leading as an ambassador for an entire um, segment of people besides just your team, right? So as you're as you're uh, coaching at Army and at West Point, every service person connected with with Army, they they have a vested interest, and they're they are so rooting uh, and cheering and wanting success uh, as a representation of them, right? And so there's an extra layer there that comes with a leader. Uh, at a place like that, that I always felt, um, man, it never turned off. It was like an extra compelment, even if yes. that's a word, that I really, really wanted success for and in behalf of, right, those that believe the same way. And as you're talking about the prep school, this idea of, I like to call it earn, not given, they're qualifying for mm-hmm. this next opportunity to to be shaped, right? They want to become, and they're willing to, to uh to enlist and work to become right <laughs> uh, for this idea of heart is good. And, and so I think that qualifies them for this other part that I wanted to touch base on is then when, when they're trans uh, when they're transforming or then transitioning is the word I'm looking for after they're done with your program, these kids are then going where, 
and for how long, right? And so I, there's so much about this NIL, which is the name, image, and likeness while someone's at the institution, and that moved quickly, and we, we all knew it would, to uh, possibly the, the fringe or the outright cheating to get players to go to an institution, right. right, without the guardrails. What I'm interested in is that doesn't seem to be much NIL work in terms of the idea of college athletics and football is to help these kids become when they leave as well. And so I'd love to hear kind of less. So when, when you're, uh, when your graduates are, are done with, with this season or your seniors, then, then tell me about like how that works and where they go and what that, what does that look like? 100% of our graduates will serve in the United States army. They will be commissioned to second lieutenants uh, and serve a minimum of five years in the United States army, which is for the guys that come here, that never thought about going in the army, never considered it, didn't know where West Point was. And when they're walking across that stage, getting their diploma from from West Point, and later on that day, they're commissioned as second lieutenants and to, to see the excitement in their eyes and the anticipation uh, that they have for for being in, in, in a leadership position in the army. It is awesome because it, they don't all come here with with that thought in mind. It's not it's not what they were uh, uh, when, when they were in elementary school and they were doing the posters for uh, career day. They, they weren't drawing <laughs> pictures of themselves in an army uniform. It's amazing how many guys that, that will come here and say, Coach, I, I'll do this as long as they let me. I, I, I love this. I, I love the our guys love it because they like being a part of teams. They, they're, they're part of football team because they, they enjoy accomplishing things with other people and they like winning and winning championships together as a team. They get to go do that every day in the army. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that you know, coaches have different philosophies. Leaders have different philosophies about talking about winning. I, I don't have any problem talking about winning, especially here. Yeah. Winning's important when, when Americans put army soldiers on the ground, they expect those are the, those soldiers to go win. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the expectation of the American people that when the army goes and fights that we're going to win. So I'm not going to have a football program that's differing in philosophy. Yeah. When we put our boots on the ground on a football field, we're supposed to win. Let's find a way to win. It's important and it matters. Um, so we're building we're building these these young men and women here to be leaders and to lead soldiers and to win for this country. And and that's it's fun to be able to to be in that in in this environment and and be that leader that you can help them do their job after graduation better because of what you do while they're a part of your program. And I really I really feel like we as coaches have a calling to serve our country in that way, to prepare this next generation of leaders to go out and lead soldiers. But they'll all serve in the army, but there are different paths that our students can take. They can go to medical school, they can go to law school, they can get an MBA, they can uh, they can go and study abroad. We've got, uh, we, we lead the nation in Rhodes Scholars, Marshall Scholars, uh, <laughs> It's, it's an in, incredible institution that's preparing these students not only to lead soldiers, but to, to compete in the highest levels of academia and business and you name the, 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 the industry. We also have the opportunity to send those student athletes that are deserving to professional careers. So we've got four current players uh, from teams that I've coached here at, at West Point that are in the NFL. Uh, that's a great source of pride for our program and certainly for them and their families. They will all be commissioned as as second lieutenants in the Army after they get done with their career, however long that is. So they still have the opportunity to serve and still will serve, uh, which is that that's very unique. There's obviously nobody else uh, doing that. And, and uh, so it it. it, it their their goal of of serving and being in a leadership position remains, even if they have the opportunity to go play professional sports, which I, I hope that for all of them, what an incredible opportunity. Uh, but I'm, I'm proud to know that 
they've got a career waiting on them and, and an opportunity to, to, uh, to influence and serve other people when they get done with that. And hopefully when they're with those NFL teams, they're, they're doing that with those teams that they're, they're serving others and they find themselves in opportunities to, to teach and to lead and, and, and to create a better experience for the, for the other people in that organization. You know, one of the things, uh, the takeaways in the pause that I've chosen to take is um, what's lasting has not been the transactional relationships in my life. What has been lasting are the relational um, aspects. And, and that, um, I think there's a really cool principle, right? That when you do something really hard, really hard with somebody else, there's a galvanizing of a relationship that can't be formed in any other way. And so when you, when you add service, which you just mentioned through hard things with an intent to become, how is that not a, a better spouse? Um, that, that is thinking of someone else and willing to help them through something that's going to be really hard. Um, because really, right, as, as a coach or as a husband, my job as a husband, my wife and my kids are before me, right? I, mm-hmm. I immediately move to last place, um, mm-hmm. luckily, to help others become who they could become. And I feel lucky to be able to help serve right and contribute in any way and i think all of us want to be wanted and needed um if we're not careful um we become the object and expect others to want and need to help us rather than we get to serve to help other people and feel lucky to do it through something really challenging and what i've learned uh just as my players are responding in this one year time period that i've chosen to take is they're remembering all the hard things and they're not talking about games. Mm-hmm. They're talking about practices and workouts or maybe a pool day at the house or being horseback or just these moments that happened along the way. Those are the things they're remembering most about a four or five year window. And who would have thought, right, that doing something hard with a teammate, not even on game day, would be what they're remembering most. But it is. Those are the things we remember about our 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 most personal relationships are the hard mm-hmm. times and how we overcame those together. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that, that, that's, that's our jobs. It's our job as, as the leader of our organization mm-hmm. to, to help other people and to help our team get through those hard times together mm-hmm. and to lean on each other. That's why we have a team. That's why we don't play golf or tennis. It's why we've got so many people. We, we've got other people fighting for, for, the other members of the team. And we do that in our family. You know, who do, who do we love and cherish more than our family? Who would we fight for more than our family? And, and if we create that same feeling in our organization and we have to do that through relationships, we, we, we're not, we didn't, we don't have the same last name. We didn't grow up in the same house. We, we have to make those connections and build those relationships so that there is love there. There, there is a, a trust for each other that when we go through these hard times, we're going to lean on each other. And it's that, it's that love and that trust and the commitment to each other. that's going to get us through it. And those, those are the things that are most satisfying. And, you know, we've, we've got a season like that right now. We didn't start out like we wanted to, but we can, we can certainly finish uh, a lot better than we started. And we, we intend to do that. And our guys are fighting like crazy for each other right now because they care about each other. If they were selfish, they'd be pointing the finger at each other and blaming somebody else or blaming the other side of the ball. But our guys aren't doing that. And it, it, it's because the relationship building that's gone on here, uh, either in the short amount of time for the freshmen, but certainly for those seniors and the most, the most veteran players that there's, there's, there's been a lot of hardship that they've gone through here together that forges a bond that that's it. it blood wouldn't make us any closer. We, we, we are, we are a, yeah. a family unit. And I think there are times uh, and that um, belief and, and experiences sometimes can even transcend uh, the blood relationship of a family, right? I, I have three brothers there are others that I've been through um, challenges with um, that are not part of my um, traditional family mm-hmm. that I am every bit, if not more 
aligned with and close with through experiences and through unity and every uh, special forces or former special forces member that I know, they always sign um, a a text with teams at the Mm -hmm. end, which I I love just the thought of that's first, right? Being part of and contributing to. And, and they all talk about uh, on every on every mission, this is this idea of uh, at some point they're going to need to help someone, but they're also going to need help. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's that reality that no one's above needing help, mm-hmm. but also will feel lucky to help someone else, I think is one of the coolest things about what college athletics and football we get to teach. And it, it's powerful. It is. And, and it it is. Uh... I think it's the greatest sport and I'd get argument from everybody else that loves, loves their particular sport, but what other sport has so many people on the, just on the field, there's 22 players on the field. How many of them actually get to touch the ball during the course of a game, much less one play. I mean, two guys, maybe three guys touch the ball in, in, in one play. The, the, the center, the quarterback, and the guy that the ball gets exchanged to. And yet, we've got, we got all kinds of different jobs. Imagine the difference between a kicker and a defensive lineman and a running back and an offensive lineman and a quarterback and a DB and the, 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 all the different jobs that we have. And so many of them have nothing to do with the ball. And the, and the game is named after the ball. It's a football. The game's named. That's how important the football is. Nobody gets to touch it. In basketball, everybody gets to shoot. In baseball, everybody gets to get up there and bat. In, 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 in other sports, it's all about the ball. Everybody gets to kick the ball or throw the ball or catch the ball. Not in football. Yeah. That, that is, that is, that's life. That's my family. Yeah. We, don't, we don't all have the same job. We've all got different job descriptions, different qualifications, to do our job, uh, different responsibilities, um, differing levels of, of experience. That's every organization that that's it's, it's a microcosm of life. It's a great teaching tool for people who are part of these organizations, regardless of what your role is that, that we got to rely on each other. We can't win the game by ourselves. Nobody on our team can win it by themselves. And, I got to remember that too. And we had a game earlier this year and, and we, we didn't win the game. And it was, there was about three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. We were down three points and I'm trying to win the game by myself. Instead of putting our players in position to win the game, I'm trying to make a call that, that maintains possession of the ball for us so that I can win the game for us. It's not my job. Yeah. And, We've all got a job. That's what I love about football. It's the greatest sport. And, and we, we all have to contribute. So many guys relying on each other and so few of them get to touch the ball. So, so uh, Brian keeps looking at me like, man, you guys just going to talk all day. And that answer is yes, we would if they'd let us. But so I contrast what you just said um, when my kids were young and I'd go to watch the, their soccer game <laughs> when they're little. So there's the ball. And there's like 15 kids all chasing the ball, right? And so if you think about how soon, and the parents are just madly cheering for their five or (laughs) six-year-old, hoping they get to kick the ball, right? Right. Or or somehow have a contact with it. And so from the very earliest ages, um, man, are we promoting the, the chance for any of us to have the spotlight for a second with the ball. Right. And and we're promoting that. uh, And I'm watching the parents cheer like crazy as these 15 or 20 are all in this like amoeba forming thing around the ball, wherever it went. And and I was I was just I was kind of off and just thinking, wow, this is (laughs) this is an amazing thing I'm watching in contrast to how organizations uh, and roles really are defined for true success. Mm -hmm. And so mm-hmm. here's the starting point. And then I kind of heard the ending point with what you were articulating. And wow, the, you just hope that there are people along the way uh, that um, help our kids learn and grow and become and are thrilled and feel lucky to have earned a role. Uh, and knowing that if they have a skilled leader, the role will be what they qualified for. 
right? Doesn't mean that that's their role forever, um, yep. but will be relational to what they've qualified for. And so, I don't know. I just, when thinking about who else I'd love to visit with on the show, um, the role that you have and what you're doing is meaningful and valuable. And so I just wanted to articulate that and just so thankful that you had during game week. And I know what that's like, uh, where every second is accounted for just Brian and I really appreciate you being on and just taking some time to share about, uh, your program and who comes and, and what you're accomplishing. Uh, it's my great honor. And, and Bronco, I think so much of you as, as a person, and as a coach, but you know that—that's the responsibility and the opportunity we have in football is—is is to teach that. At six years old, they're all running around the ball, wanting to kick the ball and touch the ball. And twelve years later, when they're eighteen years old, they come to us, and we gotta—we gotta unteach that. We gotta teach them something different. That you're qualified to do this job and do it really well. We need to do this job, and and it doesn't involve the ball. Uh, you don't get an NIL deal for this. Uh, our guys can't get any NIL deals. They're not, they're not permitted to take an NIL deal. So uh, it, it is, it is true, truly serving the team. And, and what are, what a, what an opportunity we have, what a responsibility, each one of us, high school coaches, college coaches, the opportunity we have to teach in this game, but it's a great training ground for our players too, because they're going to go and, and lead soldiers and, they lead an infantry unit, not all 40 guys in that infantry unit aren't going to have the same job. Yeah. Some Somebody's going to shoot the gun and somebody's going to carry the ammo box and somebody's going to be on the radio and there's different jobs. And, you know, everybody like to be that that guy that's the hero and, 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 and takes the winning shot. But not everybody gets to do that. But we're all part of a team. And without the support of everybody else, there's there's we're not going to be in a position to take that shot. So. Well, what a great opportunity and what a great game to be able to teach that to, to young men and to young women uh, for, for a lifetime of, of, of opportunity and success. So Brian, what, one more point before got, you thought we were done, huh? But we're, so one more, there, there's a moment and, and game winning field goals. I think about that a lot. And, and so there's someone in most cases that's been on the sideline, the, the majority of the game, um, based on how many you're scoring or not. And he might kick the ball off on occasion and there might be extra points. But then you think about the impact of preparation of an individual, this one individual going out and there is protection. No question. You have to protect the kicker and there's a holder and a snapper and all those are really important. However, there is a person representing an entire entity usually going out there in a game-winning situation. Yes. And you, you see sidelines and coaches holding hands, right? And you see arms around each other and you see sometimes prayers being offered, right? Mm-hmm. And you see uh, uh, alumni captivated, hoping that the preparation of the one is at the level that will represent the collective in a way that is just um, representative of our hopes, values, and beliefs. And so in, in your case, I, I just, I, I can't help to think that the football preparation they're receiving is enhancing their other preparation for those individuals with more at stake uh, to be prepared. And and I, I think it's a really cool, and uh, just a, uh, has to be a gratifying place to lead from because of the purpose and the intent, in addition to the game that you're preparing the kids for. And I, I'm captivated by that thought. I, 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 I know you guys are got a, got a time limit on this thing, but can, can I can I say one thing about that, Bronco? And please, please. This, this probably makes me most proud is, so our, our core values in our program are trust, commitment, and love. And I, I truly believe that each of us uh, from a relationship standpoint, we're evaluating other people based on these three questions. Can I trust you? Are you committed to excellence? Do you care about me? Mm-hmm. Trust, commitment, love. And if people in the organization can't answer yes to all three of those, your contribution is going to be very limited because there, there's just there's not a trust that you'll do what you're supposed to, a belief that you're trying to do your very best or uh a sense that you're loyal to the other people more than you are your own ego or your own personal accolades. And so we, we try to build a program that compels people to want to act in a way 
that everybody else will answer yes to those three questions. Yeah. And so we were playing a game uh, a couple years ago. We're on the road. We're in Texas. And we've got some of our former players who were stationed down at Fort Hood. And and they came over to the game. And so after the game, they were in there in the locker rooms congratulating our guys. And and uh, they one of them came over to me and said, Coach, I got to show you something. And he had it with him. He brought it with him. He brought this plaque that his his unit had given him. He was he was transitioning from second lieutenant to first lieutenant, and was going to take a new command. And it was you know thanks for 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 leading our team. And and it said trust, commitment, love. His uh-huh. soldiers had put that on there. He took the things that he learned with us and and. He completely bought into those values and took that into the army and, and shared that with his unit. And that meant something to his unit and, and they bought in those values. So to to be able to 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 share uh, those things with with other people and to to take our values as men and as leaders and share those with an organization and see those values uh, grow tentacles. Uh, it's one of the reasons I came to West Point. I, I never served in the military. Probably one of the great regrets I'll, I'll have in my lifetime. But in my own way, this is my opportunity to serve, to serve our nation, to represent those men and women uh, in the United States Army and to prepare the next generation of leaders. So, uh, you know, what we're doing matters, Bronco. And and we've got to always be conscious of doing it the right way. And yeah. and. And, and loving people and taking care of our people because w- what they take from our programs is going to last a lifetime. And so I'm, I, I love talking about this stuff. I appreciate the, the opportunity to be on with you guys. This is awesome. I love the show. I watch it every week. Bronco. And uh, I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy seeing you on this podcast, but I'm really looking forward to seeing you back on the sidelines because I know you're going to make a, make a difference in the lives of young men in this game. I appreciate it. I think that uh, you have one of those positions that uh, I almost call like a, a sacred stewardship um, because it's more than football. And I think any place, any leader can make their organization that you have an extra opportunity um, of impact, which I just I, I see as being so fulfilling and and just what a beautiful narrative you've shared with us today. Really, really appreciate just your insights and and taking the time again for those outside of the world of college football to spend an hour in season is almost unheard of. And so um, thank you for for that. It's my pleasure. I love talking about West Point. I love talking about our players and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be here. So proud to represent West Point in this way. Well, we actually absolutely appreciate uh, you jumping on with us, Jeff. You know, Bronco's right. I think we could go for for another hour or two. We, we didn't even get into some of the unique nature of, of you know, coaching at the academy, but uh, we, we appreciate the time. And uh, hopefully uh, for, for you guys, we'll wish you best of luck. And, and hopefully you guys can sing second against Air Force on, yeah. on Saturday. Yep. Have, have a great day. Thanks, guys. Beat Navy. Sure. All right. For, Brian, uh, for Bronco Mindenhall and Jeff Munkin, I'm Brian Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in to Head Coach. You appreciate our sponsor, War Room. We'll see you again next week.